You're listening to Freud's Angels, where we talk about where the science of the mind meets the spirit of the heart. Each week, we'll discuss ways to create awareness of yourself and your reaction to the world around you today, as well as healing events of the past. I'll be bringing in both traditional and non-traditional psychology concepts, and I'll be bringing the healing through the lens of our heart and how to heal what we discover creating a powerful connection between what our heart needs and what our mind thinks we want. Now we're your hosts. I'm Amy. And I'm Vanessa. Now let's get into the show. Hello, hello, angels. Welcome to episode 61 of the Freud's Angels podcast. Big one coming at you right now. So get in your seats, <laughs> get yourself a snack, get yourself some water and get ready. Cause this is, this is one you're going to hear a lot about. What are we talking about today? Oh, my friend, we are going to break free from diet culture. Yep. We said it. We said the D word. We're doing it. God, we are doing it. Why? Because, well, a couple of reasons. Um, one is, um, this week, it'll be this week that we start recording our second series podcast. Um, and it all has to do with everything and reclaiming our physical beings and the relationship we have with it. Um, and we're, we'll be, that'll be airing on Fridays. The second thing is, is that I think it's in, it's in the forefront of everything right now. I think a lot of people are trying to find ways to break free. They're awakening. They don't know that they're, they've been sold a bag of goods and the goods are filled with plaster and not sugar. You know, it's like, it's, it's all been, you know, for naught. Um, So where do we start, Vanessa? Where do we start? I guess maybe it would be a good idea to talk about what diet culture means to us. Uh, when we, when we say it, I think we're really good at starting off with definitions. So why change that now? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> why fix what's not broken? Um, I, when I think of diet culture, I, 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 it's a whole bunch of images flood into my head. Like even when I just said it right now, it was almost like a, uh, a montage from a movie of like magazine covers coming at me. Um, and like just a lot of crash diets and a lot of, um, meaningful advice that is not individual and a lot of, uh, body type issues and a lot of, um, what you're supposed to look like and a lot of, um, idealistics that are unachievable and just, just kind of like that whole idea of, um, sameness over individuality and the ways that we try to get at sameness, um, in, in by way of food, you know, like trying to be a perfect size. What is a perfect size trying to be, um, the healthiest, what is the healthiest, um, and just kind of everything around that. And there's just so much for lack of a better term, bullshit <laughs> all in there. So I'm ready to talk gate. about it. <laughs> I am ready to talk about it. Oh my God. I hear you. I hear you. I am on this raging, like I'm posting shit on my Instagram and I'm like, raw. And I'm like, just mad because, you know, friends, I don't know about you. When I think about diets, I think about back in the fifties and the sixties when they created Dexatrim and they created mm. all these drugs 
to help women be that tiny figure that your man married, you know, and you're struggling because you've had kids or, or they guilted you into thinking maybe you're not active enough, too many bonbons sitting by the fire, yeah. you know, that kind of mentality that we're not doing enough. First mm-hmm. of all, fuck you. <laughs> second thing, we are on one, you know, and that second thought of that, that was becoming the societal standard of how you should look. Yes. And somehow. Yeah. That, that that's regardless of your body shape or body type, that that's how you should look. So then, then I think about when I think about diet culture, I start to think about infomercials. I Mm. start to think about, um, you know, my mom, because she was never not on a diet. I started to think about my own journey and the struggle and the trauma that's been created around my own life and mm-hmm. how it's destroyed my relationship with food, mm-hmm. how it's got brought me body dysmorphia, how mm-hmm. it's pushed me to the point where I punish my physical body for not looking the way that I think it should, which is dangerous. Um, how I just disconnected from it and rejected it and still do in some ways. I'm, I'm, you know, that's the second series is all about is a very personal story for me because it's all, it's about how my process and reclaiming that relationship to a beneficial thing and, and, and food is only part of it. And, and it also diet culture also means to me is the exiting of your total well-being and just being focused on the physical part of it. Yes. The view of it versus the feel of it. Right. And the idea of that mental health has nothing to do with it, which is not true, which is fake, which is false, by the way. It has everything to do with how you look. A hundred (laughs) percent. In many ways. More than just, yeah, so many ways. So like I said, this is going to, this is going to be a lot of podcasts probably. Yeah, <laughs> I almost think that it's like, oh my God, this is going to run in tandem with the body series because I'm like, I've got like, you know, I'm thinking about ableism. I'm thinking about like, you know, everything, everything. But anyways, let's start somewhere. Okay. So in this beginning of this diet culture, especially here in the U S you know, they threw pills at us. They threw these ideas of medications will make you thinner and the, you know, do this or do that. And the beauty ads, even the beauty ads, like yeah. were shaming and not kind. And, and I was like, wow, what intense pressure. Well, mm-hmm. think about when your parents grew up, they grew up in this time frame. A lot of our parents, not all of them, a lot of our parents struggled with it, struggled with that idea of their body image of who they were. And mm-hmm. it, and, and push them. And then, and as, as we do as parents, we take it and then we give it to our kids. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. my mom was one of the skinniest people I knew until she had children yeah. and she got depressed and then things didn't happen the way she wanted. She didn't get skinny again. She yeah. didn't like, she couldn't take off the weight, but, but, it wasn't because she just had children. 
-hmm. It's because, you know, at the conception of her second child, i.e. me, she was getting a divorce at the same time. Yeah. So if I was- Mental health. Calling mental health. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, Fred, you know, you have a person who's pregnant and who's, who's getting a divorce from her husband who probably has a little bit of baby fat left from the first child is now pregnant and you want to eat the house anyways, and then you're depressed. What do you think that she's going to do? Eat her feelings. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Because it's, feels good. Right. So this is just a small example, but so with that, my training of my body issue started in utero. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. it, it happened before I was even a person on the earth because of the energy because of how she was feeling because of that it there is something that's so deeply ingrained in me because of that situation that I signed up for diet culture almost immediately when I was born yeah my mother I could she just had she would take cottage cheese and some celery I think for lunch she worked with a nurse she realized how much energy she probably got, you know, she just, she, yeah. she constantly dieting yeah, constantly. Then she decided to look at me through the lens of her own dysmorphia and started when I was very young, I was probably, Oh, I would even say I wasn't even in first grade yet. Maybe second first, she started like talking to me about my weight. I was still growing. I can't imagine talking to Scarlett about her weight. She's fucking six, almost six years old. Like, yeah. Yeah. And not only that, I feed her the food she gets. So if there were a problem, it would be me. (laughs) In addition, right? Like she's learning her shit from me. She hasn't learned anything from anybody. So if there's a problem, I did it. I created it within her. And it sounds like that's exactly what your mom did. Because she didn't understand. Yeah, because you see me and I and and, you know in kindergarten you're still growing as a kid. You're still growing. You're human. It's every child does this. They get chunky at one age, and then the next picture is like they're they're thin and they're tall and they're like you know it's the body's way of preparing you for the big stretch. Yeah, and and so yeah, so it was about then my mother started talking to me about how pretty I would be if I lost weight. So that's how I get in indoctrinated about diet culture is because of having that view of myself from the get-go um and I'm sure I mean and I'm shaking my head um because it's not right but I'm sure that this happens to many exactly children well what do you do you mimic your parents you see your parents you mimic you can not only even if they didn't hand it to you verbally like mine did you see how they yeah. act. Oh, my, my ass is too big. Oh, 100%. I go on a diet. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. Susie and I are going to try this diet because it guarantees that you lose a hundred pounds in a month. And yeah. like, you know, you, if you see your, your mother going through this diet thing, yeah, mm-hmm. you're going to sign on to that because that's the, the example you've been given. So even if you don't, you're very protective over your child, you still don't want to talk about that about yourself. You don't want right. to give yeah. an example of that. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and maybe I started it a little hard and maybe we, we didn't need to go here yet, but the second one in a row where we're like, like running out of the gate, like we're in the Olympics, <laughs> the gun was shot off and here we go. <laughs> it's like, give me, give me a place to voice my opinion and forget it. No, it's important though. Like, I'm, and, and I think that the, the thing that people like about us and the thing that we like about ourselves is that we don't pussyfoot around. We don't act like these things are like little tiny things to just kind of fragilely hold because they're not, they're huge. They're heavy. They're things that we need to talk about. Honestly, we need to talk about with, with passion. We need to talk about with authentic feelings and the people that will talk about this without anger. I'm always like, are you cool with it though? Like it's okay to show the emotion. I want to know how you really feel about it. And uh, there's not a person listening right now that doesn't know how we feel about it. Yeah. <laughs> We're very clear on our feelings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's a hundred percent true because I, I mean, I am very, very, um, I, I've been conscious of that. I've never, I didn't have that experience growing up in my home, but it, it, you know, culture gets, it seeps in. So I don't feel like I got like a big giant dose of it, but I got enough of it to understand. And I also, you know, very protective over my daughter uh, and being a therapist, I know that it's like, I have to walk the walk too. I can't just speak to her in, in positive body manner and then act like my body's not good enough. So that has been a mission of mine of just making sure we, I mean, we don't even really talk about it at all that, that she doesn't know anything about like fat, skinny, whatever. Like we don't even use those words because they're not relevant. They, we don't need to talk about them. Um, every now and then she'll say something like mommy, your butt's big. She's not saying it to call me fat. She's a tiny human and I'm a big human. Yeah. My butt looks big to her. <laughs> And it all, it doesn't matter what size it is, go look big to her. And so I make myself be sure that I don't react to that in a way that's going to put something into her head of that being bad or anything like that. Like we are very just kind of nonchalant about it the same way that we are about food, because I'm so very understanding that these early experiences are what are going to shape the way that she goes out into the world. And I want her to have the strongest base possible when she goes out into that very very ugly world because someday she's going to go out into it and I want her to know that she's beautiful the way that she is and that you know her healthy feeling is all that matters um but you know like I, I think for me it's been um it's been difficult to kind of teach her anything about it because like if we see somebody who, you know, is, is severely overweight, she might say something or she does sometimes, Oh, like that person's really big, you know? And, and, and I'll say, yeah, I mean, some bodies are bigger than others and kind of leave it at that. But I know eventually that's that conversation is going to turn and it's going to be a challenge for me to tiptoe around that. And I get it, but I'm so committed to it because I don't want that experience that you're describing. And I know she'll never have exactly that experience, but it is like, damn, how do you prepare a child for a world that is going to make them feel like they're not good enough? Probably no matter what. Well, and, and the thing of it is though, I think that you're, you know, you're create. you're already doing that. You're creating that foundation of 
knowing who she is, knowing what she is and knowing her value. Then when she's faced with people who will maybe tease her or say, oh, you know, or give or that worldly experience of maybe sometimes somebody bullies her or something. She'll have- God, I'm enraged thinking about it anyways. Sorry. (laughs) Your warning. Yeah, well, we're never leaving the house. That's not going to (laughs) happen. But it also, she is strong enough I think, and will be strong enough when that happens, that she'll be able to school the person in her own way. She'll be able to, or if she doesn't, your relationship with her is so deep that she'll be able to go, mom, this person said this to me. How, why? Like, you'll be able to process it with her. You'll be able to give her that space where she can and not have it affect how she feels. You're already doing exactly what that question answers is you're already doing it. You're creating, but yeah value of herself first yeah yeah and it's hard I will say this you know there's a picture that comes up on our on our um on our our screen it's it's because I have my Amazon picture pictures that come up as the screensaver on the tv and there's one of me in a bikini last year I haven't worn it in a while because I don't feel comfortable in it and she says oh I really like your blue bathing suit and I'm like don't say anything. <laughs> Just say silent lights because it was a, tr- it was a trigger moment for me of saying like, what I say right now is going to matter to her. And it made me really think about, huh, well, what is she, someday she's going to notice that someday she's going to put two and two together that my body got bigger and I didn't wear the bathing suit anymore. You know, stuff like that, like things like that. I know we're going to, are going to creep in and it challenges me. It challenges me to be like, well, again, talk the talk, talk the talk as much as you can to create a healthy human. But anyways, aside, aside <laughs> and aside. Where did you um, first experience your dose of diet culture? Um, I'm trying to think because I, I think for the most part, I was like my insecurities growing up more had to do with things like my hair, um, my like where I lived, where, you know, like that kind of stuff. So I think I was so focused on that, that I wouldn't have probably noticed, but I also have been very lucky that my body shape hasn't like, it's kind of proportionate, even the bigger, bigger or smaller, like it's kind of proportionate. So I don't think I've felt self-conscious except for after having a baby, because my body changed. Um, But I don't think, I'm trying to think of, you know, like, again, like, even in my house, there wasn't really that much of a talk about our weights, you know, like it it was, um, I mean, I guess if I had to say probably college, even, you know, talking about the freshman 15. Yeah. Yeah. And being like, is that a thing? Is that going to happen to me? And really having to think about, oh, what does that, what does it mean? How would it happen? It didn't happen to me. I think, you know, and we'll get into it of like, just kind of the healthy habits that were in my house that, that, you know, I carried with me um, that kind of prevented that kind of thing. But I, I, I would say probably then, and maybe that too was part of the um, getting out into the world and out of our little small town area and wanting to attract people and having to think about what I look like as being part of that. Um, so yeah, I would say maybe that was probably the beginning. And I realized that I'm very lucky that that was 
that that was when it happened because I had some pretty strong beliefs before then or by the time I got to that point. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And that's, you know, <laughs> I think that that's great because I think we can learn from that. I think we can le- learn from how you, um, how you look at it, your perspective, because obviously, and I agree that my perspective is broken. Um, as far as like, I still find myself being warped thinking and about certain situations and certain things that I'm like, Oh my God. Okay. So there's another thing I need to work through, you know? Um, but the result, and we'll get to the idea of, you know, diet culture in a second, the result of all that has happened to me in my life is culminated in this situation that I'm working through right now is that every time I may feel good in my body or every time my body shifts or changes, or maybe something fits better or whatever I feel, I, I immediately think my first thought is I must've lost some weight Mm -hmm. because I equal feeling good in myself, feeling good in my body as losing weight. Like I need to lose weight in order to achieve that, that my joy and my happiness and feeling right in my skin is only obtainable through weight loss. Yeah. So that's the result of my whole entire process. And that thought process is so ingrained that it happens so quickly when I'm thinking about my body in any way that I can't prevent it. Like sometimes, you know, you have your thoughts coming and you can see them coming and you're like, Oh no, 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 no. This one happens so fast that I don't even know what's coming. Yeah. So you know, diet culture, what is diet culture? Diet culture is like, there's probably a million different diets out there. We had the South Beach diet. We had the cabbage diet. We had the, um, Suzanne Summers did a diet. Yes. Um, uh, uh, keto so big right now. Yep. There's, there's a whole bunch of different types of diets. Yeah. And you're going to, and I hear you angels saying, well, some of them worked for us. Some of them worked for, um, certain people if they've lost. Yeah. That's the point. You can't take one diet and fit it to everybody. We, we are like, we are like snowflakes. (laughs) We are like snowflakes. Our hormonal makeup, our hormonal chemistry and how our body processes food is different. So your friend may have done the keto diet for six months and stopped doing it because they, they lost the weight they needed. They didn't need it. It worked well for them. They were like, they were great. And now they just kind of maintain and they can eat regularly and smart. You're like, but that's, but that was them. And even then in doing what they're doing, they're harming their body. You Mm -hmm. don't ever want to go into keto you don't ever want to reach that because it means you're compromising your liver and your pancreas. Yes. And let's not forget that it is not um, a lifetime, a lifetime thing. So this is the problem with weight loss is that those diets may work across the board for losing weight, but do they work for having a healthy body? Yeah. Yeah. Weight, weight and health are not as linked as people would tend to believe when they're on that lower part of the scale. And I will, I mean, obviously we know like super obesity, we know that that causes health problems, but the skinnier you are, the healthier you are is not 
real. No, it's not true either because mm-hmm. a lot of people who are thin are, are depriving themselves. Right. They're not listening to their bodies. They're, they're thinking the less they eat, the better off they're going to be. Or, or some are even like, you know, you have your eating disorders, mm-hmm. you have your, your bulimia and your anorexia and, you know, those aren't good either. Right. Or, um, you know, vitamin deficiencies and, and mineral deficiencies and, and things like that are very d- difficult for your internal organs to manage. And, um, that's why you'll see, you know, people with anorexia have heart problems and things like that is because, you know, these nutrients are important for the function of our bodies, you know, of, of, of our organs. And we don't want our organs to shut down. But I think, you know, again, that's what that diet culture has, has kind of taught us is like, ignore what's happening to your organs, because it matters so much more what's on the scale or what your body looks like, that people have absolutely just gone bonkers over that idea that losing weight equals health. If you're overweight, you must lose a certain amount. The BMI chart makes me want to light things on fire all the time because when I am at my healthiest and I am lifting weights and I am, you know, jacked, I am over overweight according to that BMI chart. And they say, Oh, you know, you, they adjust it for when you do that, but you can't see my muscle tone. So when I go in, unless I'm ripped, which I've never been ripped a day in my life because I still like to eat food that's not good for me sometimes, but I'll stand on that scale and they'll, oh, you know, you should lose weight. Like, dude, I work out lifting weight. Like I have great metabolism because I have a lot of muscle mass in my body and it's heavier. And that's why that weight looks like that. Don't tell me that I'm fat. Don't tell me that I'm overweight and I need to lose weight because this is how people misunderstand their own bodies they we have forever allowed doctor and modern medicine and people who do not have not worn a not fat b they're the doctors who have signed on to the diet industry and who have either if they're overweight and experience it they're on some sort of diet cycle they're taking some sort of pill you know they're trying to tell you that you're overweight you know i'm sorry i look back at this i look back at things i look back at just high school okay i was a little full i was but i wasn't fat i wasn't fat like the stupid word so yes and I wasn't like, you know, I looked at it and I'm like, I actually was okay. Like, but my mind and my mother had it drilled into me that I was a fucking hippopotamus that I did. I felt like that all the time. And I, and I could hear the people making fun of me and, and the people that did make fun of me, it was like, you know, I just, all of that accumulated into me having just this distorted view and mm-hmm. You know, and so let's, I feel like we're all over the place because we are. We are all over the place because this, this whole topic, is all, <laughs> it's, it is so big. It's all encompassing. And this is what, you know, like we will, I, you know, when we do this body series, we're going to have a lot of spinoffs, you know, we're going to have a lot of things that cross over into Freud's angels land because of the education that needs to be in it. Um, there's going to be a ton of stuff, but the, the, the whole, I, I mean, the, even the need to have the body series is based in the idea of diet culture's existence, right? Because it's how we get to the places where we need to reassess 
and make make changes is because we're we're comparing ourselves versus diet culture in one way or another, right? Either either do I need to do it or am I in it? Like you know, we're it's it's there. We can't ignore that it's there. Um, but there's so many facets to it, right? And that's why we're all over the place. Is that we're like wow, you know, like when you really dig deep into what's happening to people, it's, it, it's all over the place. It's coming at us from all angles in all kinds of different places. And this is why we have a problem is because it's not just one thing, right? Like we can't just blame fast food. As we've talked about, we've got, um, generational issues. We've got issues with modern medicine, not supporting, um, individual body, anything really, if we're really going to be honest about it. Um, we've got our own insecurities that just simply exist because we make comparisons. I mean, all of these things are part of diet culture. Then you add in celebrities and all of that kind of stuff. It comes at us from all angles. We don't have just one shield to put up. We have a lot of shields to put up and it's gonna go all over the place. Because if we don't, we're going to miss something. <laughs> True. And you want to talk about doctors. It's like you, when you walk in there, I'm sorry, but I don't know how many times that that was the solution that my doctors gave me. They looked at me and said, mm-hmm. you just need to lose weight as yeah. if that fucking easy. First yeah. of all, and, and not only, uh, and I've started to, and friends, please, please adopt my habit. When a doctor comes in and says, oh, I think you need to lose some weight. You look at them in shock as if you've never considered the idea. And you look at them and go, thank you so much. I'm so grateful you brought this to my attention because I never would have known without you telling me. Yeah. And the next thing to say would be, so how do we find out my body chemistry so that I can feed it what it needs? And watch them try to figure out what to do with that friggin' information. Cause that's what they really should be doing. Exactly. <laughs> that's your job, man. That's why you're here. <laughs> so, right. Like, I tell me about it. What minerals do I need? What vitamins do I need? Where What's am I going on with my liver? What's going on with my pancreas? We want to talk about it. You got to tell me what's happening. Why do, why did the weight get here? Tell me. <laughs> Teach me how to feed my body appropriately. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because and what's watch gonna, how quickly you get you end up with a nutritionist because most doctors can't go they there. They have no idea. They no. they have none. So anyways. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's everywhere though. And these and these are the people that and this is why I'm so heated about it and why we get so heated about it is that these are people that we trust, right? And 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 I say this with my individual clients. Like we want to be able to trust our doctors, but don't you know, trust yourself above everything else because you're the only one who experiences inside your body. But if you don't trust your doctor, you need to go find one that you do trust or you need to make them listen or whatever, you know, like you, you can't roll over and, and say to yourself that this person who has studied um, some broad sense of the word knows more about your individual body than you do. You have lived your life. You know what you've put in your body. You know, the end the energy expenditures, like you're the, you're the expert on what you've done to your body. Yep. And if they're not willing to work with that and try to help you change that, you can't trust that person and you need to move on. Um, we, it, it happens with everything. You know, 
you know, it happens with our medications. It happens with our mental health. I mean, I love doctors and don't get me wrong. This isn't me saying, don't ever go to a doctor. It's just me saying, hold your doctor to a higher standard of treating you as the, the individual that you are. Absolutely. And, and, and make them and, and don't ever allow the doctor to say, well, I can write you this diet pill. Yeah. Don't ever or gastro them, pill. Yeah. Don't ever let them do that because it's basically saying, I don't know how to treat you. So therefore I'm going to throw a prescription at you and think I did a good job. Right. We're going to handle a symptom, but we're not going to get at the root of the problem. And this is, you know, like my own, my own journey was, you know, I felt like shit and I went to a lot of doctors trying to figure out what it was. Um, and, and I felt like this before I had my daughter and then it was even worse after I had my daughter and it was like all over the place for my first problem before I left New Jersey was stress and not being able to manage stress. How the hell did I know that I was getting all kinds of signals in my body, but I didn't understand that. And not a single doctor that I saw, including a cardiologist could link that for me, could tell me to go calm, calm down, go figure out how to put your shit back together because you're all wound up. Nobody said it. Nobody cared about my mental health then. And then after my daughter, I went to an allergist who didn't want to hear anything about something that didn't come up on a test. Well, it didn't come up on a test, so it must not be a problem. I guess you should just not do it. And I was like, that's, and walked out of the room literally. And I was like, this is what this is what you're getting paid to do. Like, I feel like you don't give a shit about me as a person. And I go to a gastro doctor and I say, these are the things that are happening my whole life. These are the things that are happening. It has shifted. What do I do? Tried to give me a pill to make body go, to make food go through my body faster without really examining me without doing any kind of tests other than a celiac test. And I said, don't even give me the prescription. I'm not going to take it. I want to know how this happened to me. I don't want to just treat the symptom. I want to stop making it happen. And if you're not going to help me, I'm not coming back because I don't trust you. I don't trust you to care about my body. I feel like I'm not a human being in front of you. And I mean, you know how many people probably take that medicine? Yep. Because they think that's the answer. Yep. And you know what I did instead? I stopped eating gluten and my whole life changed. None of these people told me to do that. I had to do it on my own because I had to discover what does my body do with all this food that I put in it? Yep. Listen to your body. And, you know, and it's hard to know sometimes what your body is telling you and like certain things, you know, because, and, and, and it's not easy and it's not easy because there's two factors to it. One is we've gotten so away from listening. So we don't know what the body is actually saying. Um, like for me, I need protein in my diet because I, my muscles atrophy, but I just actually read my, like, I've always followed my, um, blood work very closely, Mm -hmm. but I researched one of the blood works that they did finally and looked at it. And what it said was, is that the thing that break, I have a hard time protein makes me constipated. Let's just get that out there. Let's just be all in. Okay. Yeah. Hey, if we're going to be honest, we got to talk, we got to talk about so the thing. When I make, when I drink protein shakes, I have a, like a burger, chicken steak, I get severely constipated and I have a hard time. And then what happens is, is it pushes up against my stomach and makes me nauseous. 
and it makes mm-hmm. me sick. And so then I go for a period of time where I can't eat. So yeah. there's this cycle that I go through all the time. So I was reading my blood work the other day and I was like, well, shit, this, this number that's low is telling me that it doesn't break down protein properly. Yeah. So that's why I atrophy so fast is not because I'm not getting enough protein mm-hmm. It's because it doesn't know what to do, what with to do with the protein it has. Yeah. So I'm increasing my protein all over the place. And I was like, and I was wondering why I was suffering and I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm uh-huh. like, but uh-huh. the, that part of my blood work is like, dude, we can't take, break down the protein you're giving us. So yeah. we're going to send it through your body in this hard mass. And yeah. I'm like, oh, it's a good thing you have an inquisitive mind because you would never have known this no, otherwise. You didn't do your own damn research. But none of my doctors would have told me that. None of my doctors were to say to me, yeah, you may want to kind of just go moderate on the protein. Have it because you need it, but find it in different ways maybe. Or mm-hmm. like, you know, there was never any suggestions or any ideas. So it was like, I've been suffering for years because of this. And I'm like, well, shit, then I don't need to yeah. eat that much protein. <laughs> Right. Like, I, just, I don't have to kill myself to eat it. Like, and, and, and yeah. Uh-huh. Unbelievable. So, well, and, and so like the, the other thing about it too, is like, and I still don't know this, like vitamins and minerals, right? Like we know certain vitamins that, you know, that are, you know, our buzzword vitamins, C, D, B12, you know, like some of those real major ones, there's like so many other ones that are really super important and then minerals and then you know, stuff that we're getting overloads of. I mean, when you really think about how much people aren't trying to learn about our bodies to help us, it's absolutely insane. I mean, I had to do all of that research on, I, 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 I've never had a doctor help me. My, one of the best resources that I ever had is a friend who went through being told she had lupus and went through all kinds of other stuff. And then she just went on an anti-inflammatory diet on her own and figured shit out on her own. And she told me to do the same thing. She said, listen, don't listen to a damn doctor right now. Like listen to your body, take things out, put them in, make a diary, do, do what you got to do. And she was like, and understand that when we mess with our bodies, it takes a long time for them to figure stuff out to, to fix itself so that you can be quote unquote normal again. And I was like, what in the hell are you talking about? So I started that research. I started to research gut health and found like all the information that you could ever need (laughs) for why I was feeling the way that I was feeling. And the idea that the gut is the second emotional brain uh, totally made so much sense to me of that gut brain connection. I mean, just there's, there was so much about it, but long story short, you know, I haven't felt healthier in my life as when I discovered that digestive enzymes can be taken with food to help me break them down, that I don't have to depend on my body not doing it and then just never eating food again, essentially, because it doesn't know how to do it. Um, you know, and that, that, you know, to just go back to the basics of like what vitamins and minerals will help this try it. The worst thing that can happen to you is that you have some extra vitamins you know, and as long as you're not overdosing on iron, you're probably gonna be fine. <laughs> and 
it's, it's just a life-changing thought, but again, like it doesn't, it doesn't fit with the narrative of the modern medicine. So you don't have many doctors sit down with you and say, listen, try a digestive enzyme. It's $9 at vitamin shop. See what happens. Tell me if you digest your food better, that will help me understand what's going on inside your body. And I think the key, and let's talk about the other side of, of our body issues. And that's the mental health side of it. We didn't become overweight or obese because we chose to. We didn't, this just didn't happen in a vacuum. There's a lot of things that contribute to being overweight. Now, given the the rhetoric that I had to lose weight as a young child made me always in the frame of mind that I was overweight and that I was undesirable or unpretty or I was ugly. Let's just leave it there. So that thought process depressed me, made me sad. I was bullied in school because the people, you know, when, when I, kid feels a certain energy, they're going to find it. And they're going to, you know, kids are intuitive in that way. Oh yeah. And they are like predators. I a chink in your armor, they're going to find it and they're going to make that chink bigger. Um, and so that's, you know, bullying at school, you know, feeling depressed, going home, wanting the things that we couldn't have. My mother was not financially stable, so we never could eat out. I never could have pizza or McDonald's or whatever I wanted as a kid. So, mm-hmm. so there was that sense of deprivation. And, you know, and as I became a younger adult, all of that carried with me, the depression, the idea that I'm not enough, the idea that physically I'm not even remotely okay. And to have all of those things contributed to my mental health issues, which contribute to the fact that I ate my feelings, which contributed to the fact that I was overweight. Mm -hmm. Hello, hamster wheel. Right. Mm -hmm. Which created it's that cycle. You're on this wheel, you're on the cycle. And the, and if you look up any, the emotional reasons for being overweight is the need for protection. I needed to protect myself from the people that made fun of me, the people that, and if I, and my brain's logic, even though it's not logic would be like, if I ate this and I'm overweight, then I can like hide. I'm hiding behind the fat, even though it made it worse. And my brain was wrong. It, it created that narrative. It created that thought process the more I weigh, the more people won't notice me because people do. We, we, as a society, we ignore fat people unless we're making fun of them. Yeah. It's just the way that it is. And so that's the process that started. And I've gone on many diets. I've been thin. I've been fat. I've been middle of the road. I've been all sizes. And it always, any type of trauma, any type of change, any type of like big event emotionally always triggers me and triggers me to eat. Mm. And then I gain weight. I've moved up here and I'm not happy to say this, but I've gained 10 pounds since I got here. Why? Because it was a major emotional event. (laughs) And I don't handle stress that well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's, I mean, there's chemical, 
chemical things that happen when we eat too. It's not just about, um, you know, like, and this is what people don't understand either. Um, when they're like, Oh, we'll just don't eat that much. Or, and, and there's a lot of people that are overweight that don't eat that much. Truly. Like my, my cousin, I have a cousin who has PCOS. She can't help it. Like she, I lived with her. I watched her eat good food. It didn't matter. The body chemistry of her body was, was a certain way. And then add in the stress that of of every day thinking that you're fat and every day thinking that you have to do something, you're changing your body's chemistry. And guess what? We all know this, right? Like we don't, we don't, when we're not talking about obesity, we a hundred percent are talking about how delicious food makes us feel good and yada, yada, whatever. (laughs) Well, guess what? Pizza's delicious too. And so if, if your whatever makes you feel good, then my pizza can make me feel good too. And if you say that chocolate is good for, you know, my emotions, maybe you mean a square of chocolate. I'm going to eat two chocolate bars. Yeah. Right. Because it's doing its job. It's doing what you say it does, but I need more of it because emotionally I'm not okay. And I think that people skip that part of, of, of knowing that there's a chemical trigger inside of our brains from food that we get that dopamine we get that serotonin quickly from that kind of thing. And that it's not about like, I just like to taste food in my mouth and I like to gorge, like nobody likes to do it. There's an emotional reason for it. And, you know, and yeah, you, y'all could say, well, then fix the emotional part of it. Well, as I said before, it's not that easy. I have these narratives in my head that I can't eradicate with just the simple work I've been doing. We need, like, I'm actively working on this narrative with my therapist and we are still not there yet. We're still sussing it out. We're still identifying it. We're still working on understanding it. So we can begin to reroute that narrative, but mm-hmm. it takes time. It's not. Sure. And, and once, and you know, we heal that narrative. There's another one that's going to show up that mm-hmm. it's like, shit, I got rid of one. Now I got another, you know, it's not, yeah. it's not and in this- black and white as people think you know, yeah. people, and I'm not saying that, you know, those of you, those of you out there who maybe don't have these issues, which God bless you. I love you. I'm so grateful for you in a sense of that. You've never experienced any of this. Uh-huh. Um, but at the same time, I don't take advice from a skinny person. Well, or a person who's not dealt with some sort of body challenge. Well, mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. you're a person who like, say, I'll, I'll even name an example, my brother, he's not had body issues. He's not felt like he's worthless because of his weight. He's not felt like, you know, he's, I don't really, I'm not going to take advice from him very well because he's not had that type of struggle in his life. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't know how I feel. So, you know, I get that it's, I don't know, it's hard, but at the same time, mm-hmm. We have because it's not just a battle, right? Like it's not like most health issues where you go and you battle and medicine's helping you and you just gotta wait it out. It's a battle between I I mean this okay. People (laughs) could address their body issues a lot better 
if they could be by themselves for a year without having to see social media, without having to see, you know, this, that, and the other, without the temptation of really delicious food that's not good for you. You know, so if we, if we took every person who um, was overweight and put them in an isolation place, well, I guess, you don't know, see that wouldn't help either because isolation is loneliness and that's emotion, but we're going to suspend, we're going to take that part out. Okay. If they had a, a chef, right. That only cooked them what's good for their body, right. Like we're not just going to say good, good food, good for their body. Um, they don't ever look at social media. They don't ever watch TV. They don't see movies. They don't see whatever. It's still going to be a struggle because it's not that it's, it's emotions. It's talking through, it's trying to figure out how do I feel day to day to day? What programming am I battling every single second of my life? It's programming. It's already there. It's not just the outside world. The outside world compounds it. So if you're already going to have that struggle with great food put in front of you, not having the outside, whatever, imagine what it's like when you have not great food, that's real easy to access right in front of you. When you have people telling you shit over and over again, that's not helpful and makes you feel crappy about yourself. When you look at people who are quote unquote beautiful and they don't look anything like you. No. come on, man. Like it's as easy as just dropping weight. Like, I just don't understand when people can't at least get into the mindset of, I don't know your struggle. How can I help you? Yeah. How can I support you on your journey? If mm-hmm. the person even wants to talk about it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and let me tell you something. Okay. Let me rant for a minute. Not that Woo! I have been doing this for the past 45 minutes because <laughs> I see this is this is more than one podcast friends because we are (laughs) only touching on these points um holy shit when you see a friend okay I know the people that are trying to actively lose weight and that are trying to actively like do things are gonna feel some kind of way about this message but hear me out (laughs) if you see a friend who she's lost some weight or she looks good. She looks like she's lost some weight. Wow. I'm going to go compliment her. Stop fucking doing it. Stop it. I could scream at the top of my lungs. Stop talking about people's weight. Stop talking about it as if they lost it because why did they look, you know, you're saying, Oh, you're doing good. Maybe that person has a fucking eating disorder. Maybe you're validating that person starving themselves. Maybe you're validating the fact that they went and started taking this highly addictive, highly like unhealthy pill to get them to lose weight. You don't know what you're supporting. Yeah. Stop talking about it. I don't care if the person wants you to recognize because first of all, that's an emotional issue there's a validation issue that the person's not facing. So when they don't receive validation, they go and eat a brownie. Like, hello, (laughs) a person is not in a healthy place. That was a good rant to go on because I think we need to hear it. The people who might say things, but the people who are on the receiving end of the validation need to hear that too. Because it is, again, like it is, so difficult to understand this as an individual issue and it's even more so difficult to get people to address it themselves as an individual issue if they're getting outside input that 
gives that serotonin dopamine boost. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I, I, I feel like, um, we should never, we should never talk about weight. If somebody brings up something, um, it's, it's, a, it's a hard place to go, right? Like it's, it's hard to, to figure out what you're supposed to say. Oh, you know, I, I lost some weight. Like, did you want to like, you know, it, it is, I get it that it's really hard to like get yourself out of that conversation. If somebody brings it up, like, well, I don't want to talk about your weight. Well, here we go. We're going to fight about it, but yeah, we need to, we need to collectively both on both, on both sides. If we want weight to not be an issue of how we treat each other, then we have to stop treating each other that way. If I see somebody and they look good because they look happy, I can say, you look great. You look happy. And that's it. I don't need to say anything about like the size of your ass makes you happier. That has nothing to do with anything. If you're happy, I want you to be happy. Big, small, whatever. Tell me if you're not happy. We'll talk about it. If somebody comes and say, hey, I've lost all this weight. Say to them, how do you feel? Does that, does what, you know, what, how do you feel about that? Does that, is it, are you achieving how you want to feel in your process? You know, stick to the emotional side of it because I, I, I just, I get so fucking pissed off. Like, like, grr, like I want to shriek at people and like flip out and have some sort of like episode. I do because it's hard. I mean, we're all battling. And I know that you want to be nice and I know that people want to be nice and they want to be encouraging, but basically what you're telling that person is that what they were before was a problem they had to fix. Mm -hmm. You're devaluing who they were before they lost the weight. Right. And you're saying, oh, wow, I noticed you fixed a problem. You lost weight. Mm-hmm. I never, ever, 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 ever should we ever encourage that. I don't mm-hmm. care whether the person is 900 pounds and they're like, and, and they have obviously lost weight. I don't care. I, you don't say it because you're recreating in their mind the reason they needed to do it in the first place. Like, just their- I get, if, I, and if, if, if you get validation for losing weight, what needs, and you crave that validation, what are you going to do in order to get that validation? You're going to get fat and then you're going to lose weight. And then you're going to get fat and then you're going to lose weight because you want that validation about how much weight you've lost and how good you look. Well, and that you're an important person in the world. And I think that that's part of what, um, you know, the, the whole narrative when, when, when body issues are that prevalent in somebody's life, the idea is that the way people see you is, is, is directly tied to your weight. And somebody who hasn't had that experience may say that's ridiculous, but ridiculous or not in your life, that is real. Just the same way that I wouldn't call somebody's anxiety ridiculous. If you're experiencing anxiety, I want to know why, and I want to help you. I don't want to tell you that you're ridiculous. Your experience is your experience. So, um, you know, like that's, that's not something that we get to say, but we, we, can do better about realizing that that's what's happening to people who have weight issues. That's what's happening to people who are talking about their weight is that they're over, uh, they, they have a, an, an experience that their weight drowns out all the rest of their being as what people are talking about, thinking about, 
judging them on, validating them on, and that we as a society just have to do better of letting people know that they exist in our world regardless of their weight. And I know that that's a programming issue. I 100% know that. We're going back, like, you know, like you were saying earlier, Amy, that, I mean, this goes back generations now of, you know, passing down that information. And that doesn't mean just the, the issues. That also means the conversations that we have. We've passed them all down. We have created like, oh, that's a good thing to do is to validate people when they want to look better or feel healthier. Or maybe it started as feel healthier and now we've turned it into a big looks type thing. We want to shift that narrative as a collective to you are human in my world, no matter what size that you are. And I love you no matter what size that you are. I don't want to talk about your size as if that is who you are because it's not. And if we want to help people who feel that way, not feel that way, we have to do our part too. And that means it's the same thing. Like think about if somebody has a disability, a physical disability that we see, I'm going to walk up to you and ask you every time about your spinal injury, (laughs) you know, like you're probably self-conscious enough, right. In certain areas. Why does that even have anything to do with who you are as a person? It doesn't. That is your physical body. It has nothing to do with the space that you take up in this world with your heart and your soul. So if I'm not going to come up and talk to somebody about their wheelchair every time, why do I need to talk to somebody about their weight every time? I don't. Because it's a physical part of a human being. If we want to change the narrative, shift the narrative, we all have to do it. That means the people struggling with the issues have their part. And that means the people not struggling have our understanding and the changing of our language part. And if we want to solve the problem, we have to do that. But there's so much education in between that fills those gaps in that we're not getting. And that's, that's the issue. That's the rant that I go on is that the education isn't there, that people don't know anything (laughs) about their bodies. They don't know anything about obesity. They don't know anything about the emotional issues of somebody with anorexia or bulimia. They don't know anything about people's self-worth and what's going on in there because we're not talking about it. We've started to, but we're not talking about it. We still have people that are doing body positivity posts on Instagram. They're still not talking about the worthless feeling. They're still only talking about like, oh, everything's great. And you know what happens? What happens? We have these, we have a lot of these people that started out saying, I don't care. I don't care. And then all of a sudden they get thin. Right. And what message are we sending? That you do care. It was all fake. And, 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 and if I'm overweight, I should be doing what you're doing. I mean, it's a whole collective issue. The education isn't there. The, the communication isn't there. And the, this is where I get, I get ranty, but I also, it's easy for me to fall into hopelessness because I feel like there's just so much to fix <laughs> that. It's like, holy shit. Like we have to start over completely as a society because how do we do it? Yeah. You know, how do we change completely what we're seeing on a movie screen or a TV screen without talking about it. Right. Cause we don't not talk about it. We talk about, Oh, look, we've got people of all sizes in this ad. Why are we talking about it? Yes. Why are Just we shut making, up? <laughs> why are we making it a point? Yes. To that, to say we're inclusive. 
Why exactly? Just in the inclusivity and stop pointing out the fat people in your ad or the able, the, the disabled people in your ad or the, the gender, you know, amen, variety in your ad. Why, why, why do you have to make a point of that? Right. We're it's perpetrating like, the idea that your blank fill in the blank is you as a person. And that you have to have an exception to include them. Like you, there has to be an, you have to be told that this needs to happen and that they're the exception. Like it just doesn't naturally happen because you're human and you're inclusive. Yeah. And like, I get it. You know, like we're shifting, we're trying to shift. We're maybe not going about it the right way. I am a little bit of a believer that like by any means necessary, if we have to, if we fumble around in the dark until we find the light at least we're fumbling. Um, so like I have that, that, you know, that belief, but I think that, you know, that the education not being there means that, you know, we have to educate, you know, and we all have to open our mouths and talk openly and honestly, and use the rawness and be able to, to do brave things like say, Hey, I feel like this and, and not use broad terms, right? Like when you say you were depressed, you brought out a lot of ways that that manifested in your life, which is the important thing for people to understand. You can't create empathy and sympathy without details. Yep. Right. We hear the word depression all the time. I want to know what that plays out in every day, you know, because that's where my empathy and sympathy lies. That's where most people can connect to you on a human level. People aren't doing it, you know, and that's again, like it just makes the problem worse because now we're just, we're using broad terms like weight and things like that to describe people's journeys. And that's not it at all, yeah. right? If we talked more about the, the roots of the, the issues that are causing these things, people would, would get the real validation that they need. Yeah. And, and that, that's the healing validation. Yeah. And you know? yeah. I love that we, <laughs> I love the ranting. I think that again, like we, you know, we said in, in our prior um, episode that we have committed to being open and honest. And that means that we are committed to showing you our raw emotions as well, so that you can see that we aren't, you know, just these even killed healers that are like, oh, we never get fired up. Everything's like love and light. Like, no, we get super pissed sometimes too and want to light things on fire. Uh, Mostly it's injustice based, (laughs) which I guess is tied to the love and light, but it's still, you know, important for us to tell the truth you know, and the truth of the matter when it comes to diet culture is there's a lot of lies. There's not a lot of information. There's not um, a lot of reality in that. And I feel like, you know, we are part of, we're trying to be part of that solution of allowing people to just exist. And, you know, we just said, I know we just said, well, why are we talking about it if we want it to not be an issue? And I get that we're towing the line. We tow the line, but we're doing it in an, in an emotion focused way like you'll hear we're going to do this body series you're going to hear how to do it what we believe is the right way the better way I don't want to say the right way the better way the healthier way the more um all-inclusive way the the 360 health way and not we're not just going to talk about Amy's body (laughs) 
much I do. <laughs> for a very long time. And yes, we're, we're going to get down to the nitty gritty of what I'm experiencing, what I'm working through. And yeah, there may be some points where you're like, mm, I don't, I don't have that in my issue. Great. Then that's the part that you just kind of like, that's the, okay. You take what you get, you take what you need from what we share and you leave the rest because yeah. right now you don't need it tomorrow, next day, next week, next month, next year, you may listen to it again and go, Oh, I've got something different this time because mm-hmm. you're in a different place. And that's, that's why kind of, I, I love the idea of podcasts because it's not a one and done. It's there forever. Yeah. You know, you get to listen to these forever. Um, but the reason why, you know, I think like you said, Vanessa is bringing this to the forefront is because we want you to be aware of the bag of goods you're being sold by society, by your mm-hmm. parents, by your friends. Big and time. we want to give you a different way of going about how to reclaim your relationship with your body, how to reclaim, you know, if you're overweight or you have, you have excess weight, or you're even just, you've been told, you know, then you, you're going to need to know how to navigate that. What may come up? how to get through it. What are the things? And, you know, and that's why I think that's what spurned, spurred on this body issue. You know, this, this body series is because for me, it's my trifecta. It's the last part of my huge epiphany growth. I've got the mind and the heart working pretty much in tandem. Now I need to bring that last piece on and I want to share it because I know somebody's going to, you're going to need it. Somebody's going to need it. Right. And you know what? The people who don't need it, um, be curious. Think of it as, as supporting your community. Think of it as supporting your brothers and sisters. Um, I think that that's, you know, like you, you've heard it a couple times in here. I don't have the capacity to understand the inside of some of these issues, but I'm curious about it. I want to know because I want to be able to pass on information. I want to be able to see a person in front of me and have something go off in the back of my head. Like I heard something that might help you and ask a question to get more information, you know, or even just gathering information just for, for information's sake. Like we have lost the art of community and getting to know each other and learning how to cultivate and accept being empathetic and sympathetic. So, you know, you may say, I don't have body issues. I don't, I don't really need this. I don't need to listen to this. And and to you, I say two things. One, you probably do. (laughs) You probably do have some of these body issues. We all have something. Nobody has escaped this society, this diet culture without some marring here and there. Um, Just because you haven't dealt with it on a major level doesn't mean that you haven't dealt with it. So bear that in mind and give it a shot. And two, this is going to help somebody that you love someday. Guaranteed. You'll hear something that will help you help somebody else. Mm -hmm. And that's what, you know, that's another part of this. We do this podcast because we want to help people, but we want to create some more helpers too. Mm-hmm. So people who can support those, you know, I mean, my, I know my friends, whether they're thin or overweight, that they all have their own body challenges. And, yeah, and, right. and you know, if we learn how to support each other so in, in a way that's kind, economical and empathetic, then people are going to succeed. 
And maybe that's how we deal with this, what society calls this epidemic. Um, And, you know, let's maybe, maybe we talk about that. Maybe we talk about how to support that in others. And some people, they don't give up. They don't want to feel like they feel great with where they're at. I'm good with that. And that's amazing. Fantastic. I'm not going to force my ideals on to someone who's very happy with where they're at, regardless of their size. I am all for that. And I hope to achieve that so that I can begin my journey on wanting to feel good in my body Mm -hmm. because I don't feel good in my body right now. And, but I need to learn to accept it into the fold and not punish it, not look at it as an enemy, but look at it as part of me and, and, and as a way to say, okay, you know what? I got you. I got your back body. Let's figure out how to feed you. Let's figure out how to, you know, move you. What, what is the best way? What do you like and don't like? And to really begin to figure that out. Yeah. I think of my body as a machine and that not in like a cold, like detached way. (laughs) I think of it as like an engineering way. Like my body is a machine and there are certain things that I can do to that machine that make it work better. And there are things I can do to that machine that make it harder. And to me, you know, like if I'm talking about a weight issue, some parts are going to move a little bit more slowly because they have the weight on them and I don't want them to move more slowly. So I might want to think about taking that weight off, but how do I do it for this machine? You know, what does this machine do? What kind of parts does this machine need? You know, like, it's a machine and we're going in there to make sure it runs optimally, right? Like anything else, like our car, we go in to make sure that it runs optimally. It's not about anything other than that. And if we can kind of detach in that way to be able to be like, dude, you're just my machine. Like, and whatever I put inside of you or whatever I do to you is how your performance exists in this world. And I either like the performance or I don't. And I will figure it out, you know, and, and just kind of have that, I don't know, it's always worked for me, you know, to be able to, to, to see it as like a, a tool versus an identity, mm-hmm. you know, and, and um, that may not help anybody, it may help one person, but I think that the idea of it, of, you know, that you have influence and that um, you can change, but only if you feel like you want to. Yep. There's a famous somewhere, something that says, I have a body, but I am not my body. hundred percent. Yep. Um, yeah. So, and it's funny when you started talking about, you know, as a vehicle and as a machine, I'm thinking, you know, the vehicle for the soul, but then I'm thinking you either, you either are going to put unleaded 87 in and it's going to run like shit or you're going to put premium in and it's going to run fantastic because my car i have to put big greater premium in it doesn't run well at all and so i think like yep that's 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 how i can visualize it it's a great visualization (laughs) kind of gassy you're gonna give it (laughs) right and that's everything right like it's more than just food it's emotional food it's it's the people that we're around i mean it's 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 the machine is not just the food the machine is is the whole total everything that we feed it the way that the environment we put it in if i put a machine in a salt air it's going to rust faster 
don't put your machine in a shitty situation or it's gonna rust faster (laughs) i'm full of them (laughs) i hope that you we fired your indignation when it comes to diet culture we i hope that we've given you some food for thought even if you're not really signed on to our way of thinking at least consider it if you're in the diet culture you're using the diet culture you're chasing that body that you want take a second and listen and consider this to yourself you know are you know are you depriving yourself are you not giving yourself the things you enjoy And are you creating a space where, you know, you think that this is for a month or for a week or for a year, but it ends up being this lifetime journey you're on, you know, what is your narrative around diet culture? Explore that. And then on Fridays, come take a journey with us on, take my journey and, and, you know, let's talk about body and where to start, how to really understand our bodies and, and, and what we feel truly feel about them because some people don't have an issue and some people have a big issue. So mm-hmm. learn with us, grow with us. We love you. We thank you for spending this time. You're going to see, probably see more of these as we continue along the journey because Amen. we get fired up, but that's just because we just, we hate it because we know that the work that Vanessa and I do is because of the result of this type of mentality, the diet yeah. culture, the cultures of whatever the, you know, and, and it, we're here to help others heal from those things. Um, and remember if you were triggered at all, please reach out to someone. I know there's many of you who may have had some untoward feelings because you're, you're struggling to reach out to us, reach out to your therapist, reach out to your BFF, your parents, whomever you trust deeply in your process. Um, We're here for you. We love you. And we thanks for hanging out with us. Yes. Love y'all. Thank you for joining us on Freud's Angels. We are thankful for each of you opening up your heart to us. To continue the healing, connect with us on Instagram at Freud's underscore angels and on Facebook at Freud's Angels. Please subscribe to the show so that we may help you continue your journey. And remember to give us some love in the review section. If anything we've talked about today has triggered an emotional or mental crisis, please call 911 or head to the nearest emergency center. And always remember you are loved, you are worthy, and the world needs your light.